You know, they had done everything that they knew how to do to survive the storm. It had been days, uh, actually going on a couple weeks. They dropped anchor, but nothing really seemed to help. They, they fought off the storm to the very best of their ability, but it reached a point where it seemed as though all was lost. As if there were no hope in sight. And with that in mind, Luke would write these words in Acts chapter 27 and verse 20. When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days, and no small tempest lay on us, all hope of our being saved was at last abandoned. But storms don't just happen at sea, do they? There are storms that occur every day. We all encounter them. Some much larger than others. But every day that seems as though there is some kind of storm that we are either in, going into, or out of. But the storms of life are, are very real. And the storms of life are very, very dangerous. So what do you do when you don't know what to do now? What do you do when you're in the midst of a storm of life and, and you don't know what to do next? You know, the funny thing about the storms of life, one of the key aspects to not getting caught in a storm is to not go into the storm to start with. You see, there's a lot of storms in life that we find ourselves in that truth be told, they could have been avoided. We, we could have not found ourselves where we currently find ourselves. But here we are. Much like a Roman centurion in Acts chapter 27, by the name of Julius, he found himself in the midst of that particular storm that could have been avoided if he would have just listened to the right people. You see, that's a big mistake that we make sometimes, isn't it? We don't always listen to the, to the right people. He had listened to the owner of the ship. He had listened to the captain of the ship or the pilot, as some translations here say. But the one person he, he didn't listen to was a prisoner on board named Paul. And listen to what the Apostle Paul would say. It says, since much time had passed and the voyage was now dangerous because even the fast was already over, Paul advised them saying, Sirs, I perceive that the voyage will be with injury and much loss, not only of the cargo and the ship, but also of our lives. But the centurion paid more attention to the pilot and to the owner of the ship than to what Paul said. Now I know what you're thinking. Well, sure he listened to the pilot, and sure he listened to the owner of the ship. They knew what they were doing. True. But the Apostle Paul had experience too. He, he had sailed the Mediterranean several times, and as a matter of fact, he had even survived a few shipwrecks at this point in his life. I think the Apostle Paul knew what he was talking about. But sometimes we don't always listen to the people around us who have the experience that maybe we think they have. Whenever we're trapped in a storm of life, we need to seek out the people who have experience. We need to seek out people who, who know God. And we need to listen to them. 
listen to our teenagers who are here, or maybe watching online. You know what? There's a lot of storms that teenagers go through. And I'm just going to be very real with you. You don't have to go through them. A lot of the drama, a lot of the storms, you don't have to endure those storms. And if you'd listen to your parents, they could give you a lot of really good advice. Because you see, they weren't born like uptight 40-something-year-olds, okay? Like they were teenagers at one point. And I know it may seem like it was a really long time ago, but they were. And they have life experiences, both good and bad. And they could really help you avoid a lot of the heartache and a lot of the drama and a lot of life storms that come. But you got to listen to them. You know, sometimes we need to listen to people in this life who, who know God. Maybe your marriage is in trouble. Who do, you, who do you go to talk to about it? Do you go talk to the guy that's already on wife number four and has his eyes on wife number five? Do you go seek his counsel to see what he says you should do? Or do you talk to somebody that you know loves the Lord? Somebody whose desire for holiness is much greater than a desire for worldly happiness. You see, it becomes so important who we speak to, who we seek counsel from as we're going through these storms of life. Because sometimes we can make the storms a whole lot worse. And sometimes we can actually create new storms for our lives by talking to the wrong people and by seeking advice and counsel from the wrong people. Julius listened to the pilot. He listened to the owner of the ship. But that wasn't all. He listened to others as well. If we go down to verse 12. It says, because the harbor wasn't suitable to spend the winter in, the majority decided to put out to sea from there on the chance that somehow they could reach Phoenix, a harbor of Crete, facing both southwest and northwest, and spend the winter there. Did you catch that? The majority decided. The majority wanted to go. Julius had the power to override them. Julius had the power to say, you know, Noah, guys, we're not going to go. Uh, I hear what y'all are saying. I hear that you say we can go. It's okay to go. But I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to listen to Paul. Paul, is a, he's a wise man. He's, he's got a lot of life experiences. I, I know he, he's connected to this God that he's always talking about. I, I think I'm going to listen to him. He could have done that, but he didn't. He chose to listen to the majority. He, he chose to, well, we would call it, he chose to, to listen to peer pressure. That's what he did. And, and I'm going to tell you something. When we cave to peer pressure in this life, a lot of times we find ourselves in storms that could have been avoidable. And again, for those of us who have lived life for any amount of time, we can look backwards on our life and we can remember life storms that could have been avoided if we would have just said no. No. Not, I'm not going to do that. No. Alright, but just to be fair, avoiding peer pressure brings its own kind of uh, storms too. Storms of criticism, storms of ridicule, but those storms pale in comparison to the storms of going with the rest of the crowd. The storms that come when we oftentimes 
don't avoid the peer pressure that's around us. Julius ends up in an, in an otherwise avoidable storm. And not only that, he took a lot of innocent people with him. And that's what happens in this life when we find ourselves in life storms that could have been avoided. Whether we, we want to acknowledge it or not, we take a lot of people with us. We, we risk a lot of other people's lives. Sometimes physically, sometimes spiritually, we put other people in danger because of our choices. You may survive the storm, but you don't know for sure that everybody else will. You don't know your spouse will make it out on the other side, that your kids will be okay. You don't know that your friends will be alright. You may make it out to the other side. You're not promised they will. Every action we make in this life, every decision that we make, it impacts other people. Whether we want it to or not. It's just the cold, hard reality of life. Every decision I make touches lives of other people. So what do we do when we find ourselves in this kind of storm of life? Well, the first thing I would say we need to do is repent if we are outside of God's will. The storm in Acts 27, the the imagery of, of people throwing cargo off the ship and of the waves pounding the ship, that imagery, man, if, it takes me back to the Old Testament, right? And it, it takes me back to Jonah. And I, I think about Jonah and the terrible storm that Jonah found himself in. And I'm sure you remember that account. Now, why was Jonah in a storm? Was it by accident? No, not at all. It was definitely a storm he didn't want to be in. But it was a storm that was a result of his own action. You see, he had chosen to disobey God. And as a result of his choice to disobey God, he found himself in the middle of a terrible storm. And not only was his life at risk, everyone else on that boat found themselves at risk as well. So it wasn't that his sinful choices was just impacting him. It suddenly was impacting everyone around. So you know the story. He ends up in the water. Suddenly he's swallowed by this giant fish. He finds himself in the, in the belly of this fish for, for days. And for a moment he kind of comes to his senses. And he realizes what a terrible decision that he's made. And it's there that he repents of, of those actions of not obeying God. L- listen to his words. Jonah chapter 2, beginning of verse 7. This is a part of his prayer. He said, when my life was fainting away, I remember the Lord, and my prayer came to you into your holy temple. Those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love. But I, with the voice of thanksgiving, with sacrifice to you, what I have vowed, I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. And the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah out upon dry land. Isn't that an amazing thing? God loves us so much, He will lead us to safety when we repent of our sins. Now listen, I don't want you to think for one moment that I'm saying that the moment you repent, all of a sudden, all of the circumstances and the consequences will be removed. That may not happen. 
But what I am telling you is that God, God delights when we humbly come back to Him. When we find ourselves living in a way that's contrary to His will. And with a broken heart, we say, Lord, I'm so sorry. Forgive me. And then we make whatever steps are necessary for it to bring about repentance. You know, if you find yourself in a storm today, and you realize that it's a storm of your own creation, a storm that could have been avoided, but you're in this storm because of your own sinful decision. You need to repent. Nothing else matters. That's where it really begins for you. So what else do we need to do? Well, everyone on the ship, they had given up hope, except for the Apostle Paul. Everybody on the ship was ready to throw in the towel. All was lost. There was absolutely no hope in sight. And, and, and the men are hungry. And the Apostle Paul, he stands up before them in verse 21, and he says, men, you should have listened to me and not have set sail from Crete and incurred this injury and loss. Now, first of all, let me pause there and just point out, you want to see a little bit of the human side of the Apostle Paul? It's right there in that verse where he just said, I told you so. We're here. I told you we would be here. And if you would have listened to me, we wouldn't be here. But then he goes on. Yet now I urge you. I urge you to take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. For this very night, there stood before me an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I worship. And he said, do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand before Caesar. And behold, God has granted you all those who sell with you. So take heart, men, for I have faith in God that it will be exactly as I have been told. You see, no storm, no storm was going to keep Paul from making it to Rome. And in your life and in mine, there is no storm in our life that can keep us from fulfilling the will of God in our life as long as we continue to trust and obey Him. Now let's skip down to verse 35 for a second. Verse 35, it says, When he said these things, he took bread, giving thanks to God in the presence of all. He broke it and began to eat. Is this communion? Like we partook of just a few moments ago, as Adam led our thoughts and our hearts, is this what we see taking place here? No. This is a common meal. Uh, if you go back to verses uh, 33 and 34, you see that the Apostle Paul is encouraging them to eat for their strength's sake. And then you see this common meal taking place. But I do think that as Luke, by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, as he wrote these words, man, it can't help but bring our minds back to the Lord's Supper. And you know what? Every Lord's Day, as you and I partake of the Lord's Supper, one of the many things that we should be reminded of and thankful for is that we have a God, we serve and worship a God who is mightier than any storm in this life. And as we partake of that bread that represents His flesh and that cup that represents His blood, 
it should fill us with hope. Even in the most hopeless times in this life, we should be reminded that there is always hope. Because you see, the same God who, who raised Jesus from the dead, that same God raised and saved Paul from the depths of that storm. That same God saved Jonah from the belly of that fish. And that same God has the power to help all of us get through our storms. There's always hope. Even when it may seem hopeless. Remember Remember that God is with us. That angel, the angel that, that God sent to Paul, he wasn't just sent to communicate a message. It was more than that. His presence brought hope. His presence reminded the Apostle Paul that even as he was going through that storm, what was he not? He was not alone. And for you and I as children of God, so often when we go through the storms of this life, this is how we feel. We feel completely alone. How many times over this past year and a half as this pandemic has raged on, how many times have you felt yourself maybe in a state of isolation and you just feel as though the burden of all of this is just yours and yours alone? But yet it impacts an entire world. You're not alone in the storm. And as a child of God's, no matter what the storm of life may be, you are never alone. His promise is that He is always with us. What do we do? We request clarity. Everyone else had lost hope and they didn't know what to do. They, they didn't know where they were they couldn't see the stars. I mean, they were, they were confused. I'm sure there was chaos aboard the ship. There's just all kinds of things happening. And when you don't know what to do, is there anything you can do? Yes. You can pray. You, you can pray. Listen, listen to the verse, how it's described here in verse 29. Fearing we might run on the rocks, they let down four anchors from the stern and prayed for a day to come. Have you ever found yourself in the midst of a storm of life and it just felt so dark? It just felt so, so heavy that you just didn't know where you were going to turn next. Maybe in the moment you didn't even know what to pray for. Your words, your words just escaped you. In those moments... In those moments, we can pray the same way they prayed on this ship. We can pray for light. We can pray for understanding. We can pray for a peace that, that passes all comprehension. We can pray for comfort. We can ask God if it be His will to help us understand. Speaking of understanding, please understand that it may get worse before it gets better. I know that's not what we want to hear. I know we as human beings, we, we like quick and simple solutions. 
If we have a problem, we want to be able somebody to fix it like that. Well, that's not real life, is it? That's not the way the storms of life work either. And sometimes, sometimes things will get worse before they get better. The Apostle Paul had really good news, didn't he? Guys, I just heard from God, nobody's going to die. That seems like pretty good news. Alright, now let's read the very next verse. It's verse 26. But we must run aground on some island. Guys, the really good news, nobody's going to die, but we're about to be shipwrecked. Sometimes things get worse before they get better. It's just a, it's a part of life that we go through and that we must push through to survive a, survive a storm or maybe a, a marriage that's on the rocks. You may have to endure some very painful hours of marriage counseling. To, to survive a storm of, of, say, financial, it could be financial ruin, you, you may have to endure cutting up some of those credit cards and living on a much tighter, stricter budget that just seems so, so unreasonable and so painful. Sometimes we're in storms that we could have avoided. And sometimes because we're either too, too lazy or too prideful, we won't do whatever needs to be done to get out of the storm. And so instead of making our way out of the storm, we find ourselves going down with the ship. When that happens, it's nobody's fault but yours or mine. We, we can't blame that on God. Can't blame it on the church. Can't blame it on your parents or your grandparents. Can't blame it on some life circumstance. No. When I find myself in a storm of life that I've been in for a very, very long time, and I'm just going down with the ship, that accountability is on me. No one but me. Sometimes things have to get worse before they get better. Now, this morning, this morning I hope you're not in a storm. But I know the reality is you probably are. And if you're not, someone you love is. So what, what should our takeaway be from this particular account in Acts? I want to be more like Paul. I want to be somebody who even when life seems absolutely hopeless, still can hang on to hope for myself and for those who are around me. Don't you know the Apostle Paul, in that moment, he brought hope to those who were hopeless. He brought light to those who felt that they were absolutely trapped by the darkness. I want to be more like that. We should all be a people who can see beyond the, the temporary storms of this life and, and take hold of our eternal Lord and Savior. 
And know that He is with us. And know that He will see us through. Maybe you're here this morning and maybe the storm that you're in is as a result of your own sin, as I mentioned a moment ago. Maybe that's something, maybe that's something you need to repent of today. Maybe that's something that you would like for us to pray with you and for you about. Or maybe, maybe your storm is just something unavoidable. You didn't cause it. You're one of the innocent people who just got sucked into somebody else's storm. And you would just like for the church to be praying for you as you try to, to endure the, the ripple effect of someone else's decisions. Or maybe you just want, you want to be like Paul. And, and you just want to leave here someone who brings a lot more hope to this world than hopelessness. Or maybe, maybe you've never obeyed the gospel to begin with and been baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. Listen, the water's ready today if you are. If we can help you with these needs or anything that you might have, won't you come as we stand and sing?